Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowRoom.com. In this week's Grow Guides, we're going to talk all about PK. We've discussed NPK, we discussed CalMag, and now we're going to talk about PK. So pretty much that's all of the nutrients you're going to use throughout your grow. So this should give you a good idea about when you should be feeding your plants, what you should be feeding them, and how much of whichever nutrient you should be feeding them as well. So after this episode, you should have a good idea about how all of that works. But of course, if you have any questions, you can find us over at percysgrowroom.com. You can sign up for free. You can also find us on our Discord server. So if you have any questions at all, don't be afraid to sign up and come and ask us. It'll be good to hear from you. But anyway, for now, we'll leave you with the grow guides. We also have some good questions at the end in listener mail. And again, if you have any listener mail questions you'd like to send us, then you can send them to Percy's Grow Room in the Discord server or on any of the social networks which you like to visit. Just search for High and Homegrown and you'll find us. But for now, here is the episode and I'll speak to you at the end of this. See you in a bit. So we are on episode 58 of Grow Guides, man, and it's getting harder and harder to find things to talk about but for the last few episodes we've been doing like a nutrients series where we spoke about npk and you know how it works when to use it that kind of thing and then we spoke about calmag so people have a good idea on how to use their calcium magnesium and which different types they can buy and what to use that kind of thing and now we're going to cover the last part of the nutrients series here where we're talking about pk boosters uh, and you might know a little bit about what we're talking about here from the NPK episode because we discussed uh, PK in the NPK episode, obviously. But this is more to do with specific PK boosters for increasing the size of your buds on the plant during the flowering stage. And that's what we're going to be covering. But, uh, you know, like uh, what, what PK boosters should you buy and should you even buy them at all? Uh, if you're growing in hydro, what's a good salt-based PK to buy? If you're using organics, what can you use to increase the PK in organic grows? Just those, those kind of things, you know, so you can have some kind of understanding about how to do this shit better. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Where do we begin? PK. Monkey, are you there? I am here. See, see, you use PK. You're a cocoa grower, right? I do, I do use PK. My, I use a, a not not too well known brand uh, called Flower Fuel. Right. Uh, it, it's a higher concentrated PK powdered material. I think you bought this up, didn't you? When we were speaking about the NPK, some ridiculously forty forty or something. Oh, it's. I think it's like uh, thirty three, thirty three, uh, one dash thirty three, thirty three. So right. it's like very, very little nitrogen and a whole lot of PK. Uh, on the back of it so you don't use very much of it which is fine mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is which is a great point anyway to start with pk i mean mm -hmm. you don't need a lot of it anyway do you for sure for sure and just make sure in case anybody uh, hasn't listened to the npk episode we explained there about npk ratio a monkey said that it was a uh, 133 33 and these three numbers are the npk ratio of your nutrients so That's... you have the nitrogen nitrogen first then the phosphorus then the potassium the higher the number, the more concentrated it is in that level. And mm -hmm. also, if it's a salt, the easier it is to burn your plants with it. 
Mm-hmm. But you have to be careful with the really, really strong ones. Yeah. So if you're confused by any of that, then make sure you go and check out the MPK episode and then come back to this one because it will make more sense then. But, yeah, uh, the PK we're talking about is phosphorus and potassium, of course. That's that's this whole thing is that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about you, Bubble? Are you growing cocoa? What kind of PK do you use? Uh, I use PK spike. Um, so, well, I, okay, I use a couple of different ones. So I, I sort of start with the PK spike as I'm coming into flower and for about the first three to four weeks of flower. And then I'll shift as I bring down my A and B for the last few weeks. I'll then shift over to massive bloom, uh, which is which does have a bit more um, nitrogen in it, but it's all it's it is mainly um, PK. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, but PK spikes good to fourteen fifteen. Um, but I you don't use heaps at all, as Monkey was saying. I mean, I'm only using what half a mil a liter. Yeah, at yeah. max. Yeah, it's about the um, right level. Yeah, yeah. Because anything more than that, it starts creating issues. And so when I used to grow in cocoa, I would use Canna PK1314. And it's a reasonably mm-hmm. cheap nutrient yeah, compared to many other brands out there you know, using Canna PK1314. And when we say 1314, what did you say what yours was? Uh, 1415? 1415, I think it yeah. is. Yeah. So when we say 1415, we mean like uh, for the Canna 1314, it's got 13 for the phosphorus and 14 for the potassium. Mm-hmm. They just don't tell you what the N is because there's no nitrogen in it. But TG, what are you using when you you because you are a strictly organic grower and you've got your super soil, which will get you through most of the grow, but the plants might start lacking a little bit in the PK during the flowering stage. Is there anything you supplement? No. No, <laughs> just go straight in. Not with PK, no. Uh, I mean, specifically, if I'm if I have a deficiency, of course I'll start uh, eating mm-hmm. appropriately, but you know, I'm not, I don't have a regiment where it's like week three of flower, boom, now I start my PK because mm-hmm. my, you know, my soil ideally, because of course all cult or all cultivars are different in their nutrient requirements and, and stuff like that. So in general, you know, the way I grow, I don't ever need to add anything. Um, PK wise though, if I do have to, like if I run into potassium deficiency, I'm using kelp generally. Um, or if it's a phosphorus deficiency, which I've never ever had, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's well, I have to actually get my paper because I don't fucking know off the top of my head. Uh, you know, back guano is good, bone meal is good. Um, I, I incorporate bone meal into my soil and it's a slow release thing, so I think that's mm-hmm. probably why big reason why I don't get phosphorus deficiencies because it's you know slowly released over the time. Bone meal is one of those who's got shit out of phosphorus in, but it doesn't have much potassium in, right. No, no right. potassium, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which is why I spike with uh, some other stuff. Uh, sulfate of potash is good, not yeah. quote unquote organic, but it's a super, super high, 0050 generally. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, yeah, kelp, massive. if you want to, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a mined thing that's concentrated from the mining of potash. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's local to me, like we make it here in the mines. But uh, yeah, organically, kelp is probably your best bet. Wood ash, like uh, if you burn hardwood generally. Is it's a good source, but wood ash can be pretty alkaline as well and can fuck with your pH. Mm-hmm. Um, kelp, I would say kelp, seaweed is your best bet. Look for some sort of good kelp. Yeah. If you need K. P is a bit tougher. Yeah. Bat guano is good. Rock phosphate, colloidal rock, uh, rock, you know, those things are a lot slower release. 
Um, my paper here says shrimp waste. I don't know where you get that, but that has a high phosphorus. But again, I'm not super like keen on this because I generally don't fuck with PK. I never use it for like a boost per se. It's always like to correct a deficiency if I get one. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, it makes sense. When you grow an organic, it should all be built up in the soil in the first place. So you you probably, the plant has everything available to it then and you won't need to supplement everything, just water all the way. But if you do see a deficiency, then you can address it by using some of those things. And I've heard as well that the kelp is the best one. Kelp or seaweed, right? Kelp is seaweed. It's just a specific right. type. Usually you're looking for the Ascophyllum nodosum is the brown seaweed from the North Atlantic. It's got shit tons of uh, micronutrients, which is kind of the, a, another big reason why I like kelp because it's got micronutrients as well as it's got naturally occurring plant growth uh, or PGRs. Mm -hmm. growth regulators um so you can put too much of that if if you use it too much so i wouldn't use it too much but uh um yeah kelp is like really good yeah so when you come to using pk when do you use it uh, I mean, for me it's when i start to see flowers actually form then i'll start adding the pk boosters uh, these uh, do you do the same thing monkey Pretty much when I start to see good pom-pom formation, then the uh, yeah, PK is added to my mix. And then it is pretty much like Bubble Hawk was talking about. It's increased slowly as I'm dropping A and B toward the end hmm. to uh, to kind of taper off the nitrogen and bring up and keep the PK steady and make sure it's got what it wants. But yeah, pretty much it. Yeah, hmm. it's... Um, simple stuff. I mean, keep it simple. Don't do a whole lot of, lot of crazy stuff with this thing. Yeah, sorry, you do see some nutrient lines that are like, add some of this for this week and then some of this at this week and this and this at this week. That's all far too complex and you don't need to be messing around with any of that kind of shit. So if you just get the A and B, some CalMag and some PK of whatever nutrient brand you like, you know, if they're out there on the shelves, they're probably good enough. You just have to use them in the correct ratios. So, you know, A and B, PK 13, 14 and CalMag if you need it. And of course, pH right. up and down. Everything else is just added extras, man. I mean, you yeah. don't necessarily need a pK booster. You can just feed the plant with the A and B, and there's pK in that, and the plant will use it. But it would just like a little bit more when it gets to these stages. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's it. What are you That's saying, Bubble? When do you add your pK? Uh, well, it depends. Um, I do kind of wait with the autos until I've got. I'm at the end of stretch. I'm starting to see them start to form. That's when I'll really start bringing them in. Um, I mean, yeah, my, I don't think I really tend to bring it in any earlier than that because it really doesn't need it. It's got plenty of it in A and B anyway. So mm -hmm. I think that's the other thing to remember. You've got plenty of that there early on anyway. If it needs it, it'll bring it from that. But yeah, if I'm going to boost it, it starts around about, say, week, week two. I'd say from the end of stretch into when you start to see those flowers coming on. Yeah, so about two um, weeks at after the, the flip. bud sites. Yeah, about two weeks after flip would be about right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you just uh, yours are fine all the way through, aren't they, TG? You, you, your plants have already like from the start during the veg stage. They even have all that PK in the soil available to the plants. They just don't use it yet, right? Hello. Uh, sorry, I was <laughs> muted. <if> I <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I'm no uh, 
soil scientist per se, kind of, but not really. And I don't have a magic school bus to go micro and check out what's actually happening. What? But, Surely yeah, you have, you, you've got to have one. I've got one. I know. Um, I'll come pick you up, everyone. Pick you up. Where can I? Wouldn't that be cool, though, right? Oh, yeah. That's a fucking awesome. Well, I don't show. know. It might be fucking terrifying, mate. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah going right down right. into the soil and seeing them huge worms. Those fucking microbes with nine mouths. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, they're eating each other and shitting each other out and making good food and like, Probably a lot of the nutrients or some of the nutrients come from, you know, nutrient cycling through the microbial uh, community in there too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they kind of keep it. But yeah, I like you know, I've been growing for fucking 12 years doing my super soil for about five or six in the same iteration that it is now. And I've, yeah, I've very rarely had any like PK issues. Nitrogen definitely starts waning um, sometimes a little too early. So I do, um, I, I'll use a fish emulsion with some other stuff in it but uh yeah generally i don't uh i for sure don't supplement but generally i don't even have to like correct a deficiency with it so mm -hmm. um but yeah if i do kelp is is what i what i like to use for for k for sure um it's great yeah um we have a question there, like molasses you know using black strap if anybody hasn't heard you can use molasses but it has to be a specific type of molasses in your plants especially when you're growing in soil or cocoa i'm not sure about dwc because it might become frothy you know with the air stone bubbling all the time you'll get a little bit of froth on top you, of the water you wouldn't want to add molasses into dwc mm -hmm. that's just a media for bacteria to grow mm -hmm. yeah. what is the thought of that molasses is sugar and a little bit of iron yeah but it has to be um Unsulfured black strap molasses. Make sure you yeah. get the that, right that, shit if you want to use it. That's what I feed to my soil to yeah. feed my microbes mm -hmm. on like every kind of three, four weeks. I'll do yeah. a, a little glob of that. And that that's essentially eat, all yeah. it is, isn't it? You're just feeding your microbes, you're giving your microbes some carbs. That's what I always think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that it's it they, they love it, you know. It's it's microbe fucking treats. Um mm -hmm. it's easy to digest and they get a lot of energy from it. So yeah, it's more sure. of just to get them going. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Does it does it have PK in it? Maybe I don't know. I don't think so. It's just I've always used it towards the end of the, uh, you know, like mid-flowering stage. I'd like to do a little bit of molasses just to help the microbes. And yeah. I suppose them shitting more and eating more uh, yeah. just puts more the PK plants, and other nutrients into the, into the soil. Plants definitely won't absorb, like, sucrose, you know, sugar. Mm. They don't, they make their own sugar. They don't absorb it. But uh, there are some other things in it and probably in low levels in suspension it's probably good for them but, yeah lots uh, yeah, of trace elements as well yeah that was sparky saying sure, that. Yeah. there's lots of trace stuff in there just the smaller things the main thing but maybe that maybe like increased microbial activity at the end of flower like it's whatever they do jacks mm -hmm. up resin or something mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah man you can use any kind of natural sugar like that as well yeah there's uh back brass is just saying i use maple sugar and molasses uh, you can use uh, as long as it's natural shit you know you can even use honey some people give honey at the end of their grows to the to the microbes in the soil so it's all very interesting i'd like to it try doesn't honey. sweeten your weed though i will say it won't like that's bro science that you know mm -hmm. you yeah. see uh it's a different process isn't it but yeah and, and sh sh like plants just don't suck the sugar up and put it into their fucking leaf like you know that's not how it works mm -hmm. <laughs> So like when it comes to 
the organic PK, there's only a few things you can really use. And like TG said, you can use some guano or you can use some uh, some kelp, some seaweed. Guano is honestly is really good. I don't use it just for like environmental reasons and because it's mm. expensive as fuck. Um, but it has like everything in it. So and in really good levels, it's really available and it's just it's really good. Yeah. So, but yeah. Man, I remember being younger <laughs> and just like getting, uh, putting my hand in in the bucket of batshit. I mean, it's dry. It's like powder. It's, it's, uh, so, yeah, yeah, in, uh, in the guano. Yeah, yeah, no, just... Scooping it out of my hand and sprinkling it across the top of my, my medium yeah. and shit. You know, I after always... all this, uh, this coronavirus scare, everybody smoke. It's, uh, you know, I was thinking, how many diseases are in that shit that I'm just exposing myself to? <laughs> <laughs> I've always just been reminded of Ace Ventura, you know, the second one. Guano, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guano, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's really scared of bats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chicago, right? <laughs> yes, Chicago, <laughs> Chicago. Yeah, good show. Chicago. <laughs> I have that on VHS actually. Remember that shit, like a glove. <laughs> yeah, I say that all the time when I'm driving. So yeah. <laughs> one of those movies i quote like daily <laughs> you know, we got these young people listening to the show like who what yeah go watch you... it ace ventura yeah and ace ventura like... pet detective you know he's, he's done a finkel he's like <laughs> yeah i always like the second one better i don't know why but it was i always found it more funny uh yeah they're both like... they're both good man they're both good but you know dan marino laces out that was always good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah down <laughs> still has me in stitches though every time you see the scene where he throws the little guy over the back of his shoulders like the monopoly man <laughs> yeah, oh yeah yeah, yeah. When, when he when he uh, you know, like a fox and when, you know, when he sees the whole yeah 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 i know that movie yeah. very well so we should stop talking about it yeah well otherwise <laughs> we'll go on for ages and we'll tangent on to more ace ventura well uh, jim carrey movies you know i mean oh yeah fucking hell when he yeah <laughs> stone wolf's like uh, how'd you like that? <laughs> As he fussed, <laughs> <laughs> fucking yeah. I, I mean, Jim Carrey back in the day was fucking legend, wasn't he? Back in the late nineties, early two thousands, he did so many good movies. Ace what Ventura was we... the good shit. From PK to Ace Ventura, how you know happen? how we roll. We were talking about bad oh, shit, God, right? Oh, bad shit. shit, right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, that bad shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've used it before, and I did find it good. And allegedly. It improves the flavor of your cannabis as well. I don't know how true that is because, you know, we haven't done proper scientific tests. And I'm like, I used that shit and it did improve the flavor of my cannabis. But it might just have been the strain I was using. It might have just been that was a good grow. You know, there's so many other things that it could be rather than just me sprinkling some batshit on the medium. And always remember as well, when you're using organics and you use them kind of nutrients, you, you're going to water it into the medium, but you top dress it first and you water it and it'll go into the medium, but it's going to take a, a little bit of time before that's going to be plant available. The microbes have to eat it, shit it out, and then the plants have to absorb it. So it takes a little while before the plants will actually use any kind of PK that you're using if you're using it organically. But when you're using it, when you're using the salt-based newts like the Kana A and B or something from Plant Magic or Samurai, there's so many different types of PK-13-14 or PK-14-15 or whatever, or 33-33. There's so many different types. Yeah, exactly. uh, Just figure out which one you want to buy, you know, what's available to you. 
uh, what's what's cost effective. You know, don't be spending two hundred pound on a liter of stuff because it's probably just snake oil. You're looking for the active mm, ingredient yeah. of PK thirty. You know, PK. That that's all you need. So just choose what works best for you. Get that and oh. use it in small doses. Increase over time. Some, Sorry, some of those know. things are kind of sinister too. Like uh, I can speak like about. I think it's called phosphoload. It's a you know a booster for the end of flower to make you have bigger buds, but it actually has like I think PGRs in it, um, right. which is why That's it good. works. It's not because of the increased phosphorus or whatever. And I actually got into a huge argument on Instagram one time about a silica product with the same kind of thing. Um, they were claiming blah blah blah, you know, increased everything, the best everything. And silica is is a is a topic I have close to my heart, you know, because I'm a geo. Uh, by trade and stuff and you know orthosilicic acid is what you want plant available blah 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 this company has just had basically ground up sand in suspension in there but they had a whole shitload of other stuff like uh you know uh vitamin fucking c i think was in there or something b12 whole bunch of stuff that may or may not you know boost your plant's growth and mm-hmm. the thing is is when you use this product and you see results you assume that it's because of the main ingredient in my case silica in phosphoload's case phosphorus but really it's because of this other in phosphoload Be- because you know, it's another it. grow and you learned one from the like people would start their first second grow then they'll add this shit on their third grow and be like, it got much better. It's like, well, no, really, no matter what you did, the third grow is going to be better than your first two because you're still learning yeah. shit. Yeah, that's Ooh. another really care- be careful. Yeah, comparing, especially if you're not running the same clone mm-hmm. under a completely different environment because you can't compare even seed to seed. They're going to grow different. So just because you get bigger yields on this next grow and you mm-hmm. grew from seed though, mm-hmm. doesn't mean a goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can so. simply just be the strain too. It, yeah, you know, like. Fuck, I'm growing 10, or I, I popped 18 of these Sunshine Pilgrims because I'm looking through for a really good female. 18 regs ended up with 10 females. Um, all different, you know? They're not the same. They're not sisters. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, you guys look different than your brothers and sisters, right? I'm sure, right? Unless you're twins. Mm-hmm. Same thing, so. Lucky for me. Fuck you now. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or lucky for them. <laughs> But it, it's it's Mother's Day, so you know I had to go visit my mother today, and so did my siblings. They were also there, and you know, and I can say this because I know they don't listen to the show. But fucking hell, how am I from that same family tree, man? It makes no sense. I swear, I swear, there was some exactly, promiscuity right? that must have happened here. I swear, <laughs> you guys turned out way different under relatively the same conditions of growth. So mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. plants. So, thank you, Jesus, for genetics. <laughs> <laughs> thank you mendel maybe <laughs> yeah maybe that works better yeah thank yeah. you darwin for in- inventing evolution yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, that's gonna get nope. so many people triggered damn yeah. <laughs> just be careful though you know like with all these products they always promise you're gonna get the, mm-hmm. the biggest mm-hmm. everything and blah 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 just as long as your plants are healthy you know maybe you can get another five percent out of them but like is it worth all that extra work is my, that's why I don't use these boosters. Cause like, I don't need to really. Mm-hmm. And this is it as well. I mean, I've been growing for 12 years. TG is an experienced grower, Bubba Hawk monkey. We're all experienced growers. And we are, we are all telling you here, you don't need any of that shit. You know, we've been there. We've bought this shit. We've tried it. We've seen lots of people try it. None of it. I mean, it's not like it doesn't work. It's just not needed. So if you are a new grower, and you listen to these grow guides figuring out how to grow your own cannabis now. 
don't bother with all that fake ass shit, man. Just stick to the basics. A and B and PK with some CalMag and pH up and down, like you said. And if you're growing in organics, just get good soil to start with, man, and you'll be fine. You don't need any of this other shit. It's yeah. just it's just added extras. That's all. Again, for the soil aspect, if there's anyone local to me, I'm happy to sell you pails of soil. Um of my Please. Own soil. Please buy my thing. soil, please. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you must please. have shitloads of it by I'm now. Trying to, <laughs> I get in shit for all the soil I have here, so I need to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, so come on, everybody, you have to do TG a favor. He's getting it in the neck from his missus because he's just got all this soil. It's going to be good shit for your plants. So yeah, if, yeah. if you're in it Canada, available. do it. It will be available this year, I will say that. And yes. uh, now that I say that, I have to do it, right? So Yes. Yeah, it will. So get some soil from TG. I would if I was close. I'd, I'd buy that shit. Say me messing I mean, around. I'm not making any money really. I mean, you know, just to cover the costs and everything, and keep me motivated to do it. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's literally the exact same shit that I make, and you get a free pail, and it, yeah, it's I think it's a good deal. Sweet. Man. So yeah, hit me up if you're in Canada. Well, not in Canada. I'm not gonna. I don't have any logistical shipping things yet. But yeah, if you're like local to me, cool. DM me. Mm-hmm. Next time I'm in Canada, I'll just grab a couple bags. Yeah. <laughs> you know, fucking hell. I gotta get some you imagine bags. trying to fly that shit back through customs? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's just some Canadian dirt. I want to go home and feel like I'm still there. What? What's the problem <laughs> here? I paid for my baggage. Sorry, what's that overhead right. bin? Soil. Soil, <laughs> clothes. What's the difference? <laughs> no, I'm saying. <laughs> but I mean, the as I'll say often at the end of these grow guides, there, there is still much more to this. We can go in so much more detail. It, it can get very advanced when it comes to any type of nutrients for plants, never mind just PK. So if you do have any more questions or, you, or there's something you're wondering, you know, what PK should you get or, you know, should I be using it now? What does PK deficiency look like and all that shit? You, if you need any help with any questions like that, then you can find us over on personalgrowroom.com and we're always oh. happy to help you out and answer questions. So, but you know... We could go on for a long time about PK. Just pick what's good for you and use it in moderation. Don't take the piss. Uh, and then just stop using it as you get closer to the end of flower. That, that's it. It's really easy. You know, if you when you start to flush your plants, if flushing is something that you do, then you know, stop using the PK and, and flush right. it out. Like we always say, start at one quarter strength on, on the recommendation and work from there. You can mm-hmm. always add more. You can't take it away. Indeed. Yeah. Once you get your pistols burned from the PK, it's already done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's It's game over. From yeah, that's it. If it you, is. Yeah. And that's a common thing as well. If you, you are growing your flowers and you've got your pistols growing, the little white hairs on your buds, and you're like four weeks into flower and they're turning brown, that's because you're feeding too much PK. You know, that means you need to PK die, bring the shit back. Yeah, the, the pistols should still be white at that stage. They oh, shouldn't start turning brown until the end of the growth cycle. Or if they get damaged by something, they'll turn brown. Oh. So if you're just a few weeks into flower and your buds have got orange hairs on them, then you've fed too much PK. You need to back off that shit. Or you got pollinated. Very yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. Yeah, which you know, you if you don't realize you're on males, then yeah, you should like go knock on your neighbor's door and be like, "What the fuck?" You know what the fuck is doing to my plants, fool? Well, maybe not, depending where you are, but <laughs> <laughs> very true. 
But yeah, that's about PK. We do have some quick uh, listener mail questions as well, which we should get to. Uh, just a few here. Let me scroll. Uh, from, one from Stale Cake, which was a good question. Which A question which many people will be thinking about, I think. Uh, he says, thinking of doing a micro grow in a two by two. That's going to be a two foot by two foot grow tent, 60 centimeter by 60 centimeter uh, using soil. How many plants would you recommend? Hmm. What are you saying, Monkey? You're a micro grower. What would you put in a two by two? Well, the thing is with a micro grow, I don't really do it in soil. So uh, mm-hmm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure that he he's aware that a micro grow in soil, he's going to have to supplement some nutrients in that by the time you get into the end though. But in a micro grow situation, micro grow should be one gallon or less. You can put them on six inch, uh, you know, six inch spacings on there, uh, 15 centimeter, 15 centimeter spacing as tight as that. Wow. But I think to be as comfortable in, in, in a two by two, if I was going to fill it, uh, a tent, I'd say nine in a two by two would be my max. God damn. I was thinking four, maximum four, but yeah, nine. Micro. He's talking micro. Even man. micro, bro. I'm like, what? Four? What? Well, I mean, six to nine for sure. Damn. There you go. There you go. I have fucking nine. eight in my mine, and mine's even smaller than that. So. Wow. Yeah, I run maybe. soil, and like Monkey said, I you go about week six. I'm supplementing with the same super soils I use, but then I switch to just fifteen thirty fifteen for the rest of the remainder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, six to nine, I would say probably nine. You know, three, three, three. Damn. It depends, depends on pot size because pot size is going to dictate yeah, how yeah, yeah. the plant's going to get. Yeah. My pot sizes are eight hundred mil for reference, so just under one liter. Yeah, not very big. In a seed run right now, I'm running three liter pots in my seed run. And it's, I would still consider that a micro grow because those plants are not going to get huge. Um, but yeah. much bigger, much bigger pot than that. And then I'm, I'm not considering you going too much micro. Wow. Nine plants in a 60 centimeter. I, I'd be freaking out. Well, I mean, I, I have put 10 in my two by four <laughs> and they're in 1.5 yeah. gallons. It was packed. I moved them now. But yeah, I mean, it's it's like a sea. It is a sea of green. That's a sea of green, right? Mm-hmm. So. Pretty much. I mean, that's what a sea of green is. Is micro grows yep. a whole bunch of them. Yeah. yeah so give it a shot there, stay okay. Nine, nine. But what? And he's growing in soil. So what size pot would you recommend there, TG? Well, it depends on what kind of soil it is. If it's like unfortified, then doesn't really matter. It's going to be treated kind of the same as a cocoa. So you could do like monkeys and his little fucking cups if you wanted mm. um you know you get into issues with being root bound and stuff but uh for me again with my micros i'm using 800 milliliter pots they're if you go on my youtube i i you actually measure them out and you can see exactly the size when i'm holding them it's it's about two and a half solo cup red solo cup i think i measured it mm-hmm. because it's hard to you know a six inch pot that doesn't mean shit to people so it's right. two two roughly 2.5 solo cups worth of of material that's how much i'm growing in for a micro so whatever pot that fits into the top is the one i would use sweet yeah and of course don't forget to start a diary over on percysgrow.com so we can see what happens with your micro grow their style cake do lead to we do like to see these things so make sure they're cool Mm -hmm. so dr green thumb also has a question which is going to be applicable to you monkey this is one which you've done recently yeah he said 
Auto watering in cocoa with multiple waterings in a day, say two to three, should the EC be lowered or split between free feedings or continue with, say, 1.2 EC, providing you meet the 15 to 30% runoff? What, what, what do you think, Monkey? I'm, I'm a bit confused by the wording of the question. Uh, but what I do in auto waterings, everything is, all waterings are identical. I mean, when I do auto waterings, I don't, I don't vary anything from one to the next, even the duration, the amount that it's watered, everything is identical. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, if I'm hearing he's asking in multiple waterings, should he, should he vary the EC from one watering to the next? Mm -hmm. I would say if that's what he's asking, no, because the plant takes energy to readjust the sugars and, and whatnot in its mm -hmm. roots so that it can uptake nutrients. Every time you change the EC, the plant has to work. So the best thing you can do is keep everything as consistent as possible and make the plant as lazy as possible so they can get as fat as possible. Yeah. For diagnosing problems, I would think it would help too, because if you're changing shit all the time and something happens, how do you know, mm. you know what is the actual cause of that thing? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. We've grown in cocoa consistency is very important. Yeah, you need to sure. give right. the same well, EC every time. I would recommend that highly. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and the the ec doesn't compound so it's not like you're going to be going you know it, just because you're putting an extra 1.2 it's not going to compound around the root zone you're rinsing it anyway if you're getting 15 to 30 percent runoff you're just refreshing what's already there mm -hmm. right and you'll have to experiment a little bit with the multiple waterings you'll you'll finally find the sweet spot with your size containers and and your your growth style Mm -hmm. It can be it can be two a day, it can be three a day. I've gone as high as five a day just to see what would happen. Uh, mm -hmm. And there is a, a point where it doesn't help anymore. Yeah, I mean, this it's like this. I hate to get too sciencey, but it's to do with the charge on the roots. It, when you feed the plant, then the the nutrients, like the NPK bits, are all going to have a positive charge on them, and the roots have got a negative charge. So when you water them. The, them positive charges get onto the negative charge of the roots and they kind of balance each other out, you know, so the negative charge is taking the positive charge. So then all of them MPK molecules are, are losing their charge. They won't have such a strong attraction to the roots. So when you water again with the, with some new NPK in the water, that's going to be positively charged fully again. So then when you water their charge is stronger, it pushes the already uncharged npk off the roots because it's not being held on so strong and then the new stuff clings onto it it's just like a cycle like that and Ooh. then them old ones wash out the bottom so if you just keep watering you know every 15 minutes then not much is going to be exchanged so much because it takes time for that charge to wet down a little you know if you do it like uh once an hour that, that would be a good way Unless you're doing some small ass micro grow, you know what I'm saying? With the uh, like when you're doing it in a cup of perlite or something, mm -hmm. what's what's the most common you have watered your plants in in auto watering, monkey? A constant, uh, yeah. Actually, but, I actually did, yeah. The coffee cup grows some of those have been done where it was nothing but just like one drop every 25 30 seconds, mm -hmm. continuous for the entire grow. So nice. the media is constantly wet, uh, but because of the nature of cocoa, it, you still have enough uh, air in the media to make it work. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting. It's, it's it's a very flexible media. It's fun to fun to experiment. Yeah, man. Mm -hmm. So as long as you're getting that runoff to run off the old shit, you know, to get the old salts out of the out of the cocoa, you'll be doing fine, mate. So 
get stuck in, man. And of course, like I said to Stalecake, get over there and start a diary on Persis as well. And make sure that we get to see it because it's always interesting to see what happens with these things. But the most important thing with Coco is consistency. Just keep it consistent and you'll keep be fine. It wet, keep it consistent. Mm -hmm. So one more question from Mr. Grow a Lot. He said, I have VPD questions. Okay. Uh, I'm averaging 1.4, but I keep getting spikes up to 1.9. What are the different ways of adjusting and keeping steady my VPD? I know temp and humidity affect it, but will turning up or down my intake and exhaust fans change anything? And you know, I don't think it's any secret to anybody that this whole VPD thing is, uh, I find it completely unnecessary and it's far more complicated. I mean, it works, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it's just bullshit because... It's not necessarily bullshit. It's just far more complex than it needs to be, in my opinion. Mm. I've never worried about VPD. And I first found out about VPD like eight years into growing weed. And it's like, it's just pretty much balancing temperature and humidity properly. That's all. And it might be more stress watching the VPD and it will cause more issues than necessary. So just try and keep the, the, you know, just the temperature and humidity in the right zone and you should be fine. But of course, that might not be your intention. But I'm just saying, don't stress about it too much. Who? I mean, do you measure your VPD monkey? Uh, I have the ability to do it. Uh, it's it's part of the AC Infinity controller packs. Uh, right. I don't actively monitor it. Uh, mm -hmm. I would maybe refer to it if I start seeing an issue. But I I, I grow more by the feel of the plant mm -hmm. than actually the numbers. Yeah, yeah. Same for me. What about you, yeah. Bobo? Do you use VPD? Don't really bother too much with it. Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of just keep it within ranges, within your temp and humidity range, and I find that the rest is pretty well good. I mean, the only time I've ever really worried too much about VPD was when I was supplementing the CO. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And that, but then you need to know because, you know, otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. Um, Indeed. Then it's but, just yeah. much more of an advanced setup, isn't it? Yeah. You should well, be yeah, it starts to, to become too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you, TG? Do you worry about your VPD? Well, indirectly, yeah, I guess, in terms of because all VPD is, it's a, it's, yeah, it's, it's temperature and humidity in interpreted as to the best conditions for the plant. Mm -hmm. So just by keeping it within that range, you kind of get it within the VPD. I'm just looking at my chart right now. That I have a VPD chart, and yeah, I'm I range between one point, like two up to one point seven, and anywhere in between there through my grows, mm -hmm. and it seems like that's fine. Yeah, and it's a big so, range, that is. It's it, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's a lot of checkpoints, man. I mean, these plants are pretty robust. Like I, I can't imagine what the VPD is in the deserts of Morocco and shit. Mm -hmm. But like, mm -hmm. I mean, strain dependent, obviously. But yeah, know your strain, and uh, you know. These plants are pretty hardy, so they, they have a pretty big range of, of ideal conditions. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's a huge change between if I were to grow in the whole girl at 1.3 versus 1.7. Probably wouldn't be that different, yeah. to be honest. So, yeah, I think it's just something you have to worry about when you don't have to worry about it. It's just, I wouldn't worry about VPD yeah. too much. It's more like if you're growing a big warehouse full of weed and you want to try and push it as, as hard as you can to get an extra 
half ounce out of it or something. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not saying that it won't increase the yield when you have it spot on, but it's not going to be easy work to keep it spot on for the whole time. Things are going to fluctuate. You know, you worry more about it. it. The VPD is a good thing to worry about. Say when it's during the summer times, you're running really hot lights and the temperatures are getting up to 35 to 40 degrees in the grow room. Then you need to worry more about the VPD because the higher the temperature is, the lower you want the, the uh, it's not lower you want the humidity. I don't know. You see, I don't but even know. <laughs> again, though, like, you know, whether or not you're like, the, the way I look at my environment is like 50% humidity and 25 degrees celsius is where i want to be yep but if you look at the chart that turns into 25 and that's 1.4 right in the bang so like whether or not i'm i'm like 1.4 vpd is where i want to be or whether i say 25 and 50 is where i want to be you're saying the exact same thing so mm -hmm. the vpd is just it's it's a more convenient like i guess um linear not linear but like a, a graphical way to look at that mm -hmm. um but uh yeah like just keep your your environment do your best you can to keep it at around 40 to 60 and 20 you know 22 celsius to 27 celsius anywhere in there you're good that's right that's man. a huge range so if you just keep your temperatures and humidity in check the vpd will be yeah. in the right range if you have trouble either side of uh you know if it's too hot too cold then maybe start looking into the vpd thing because you can adjust Ooh. things to make plant happier but you know yeah well, the question was that that he wanted to know if using fans and things like that, increasing exhaust fan was going to change anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it will. Good it's, point. We should answer that. <laughs> it's, yeah, man. Who's in charge here? Who, who's not answering the questions properly? It's going up on random tangents about, don't worry about it, bro. It's all good. It's all, it's all good. good. It's happy. <laughs> yeah, you're right, though, Bob, although it will, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, if you turn your fans up and it sucks out all the, the vapor, in the air, then the obviously the vapor pressure deficit is going to change. Yeah. yeah. For example, I left my fans off last grow when I was making videos, and my vapor, like the relative humidity, was I think like four hundred percent because I had drips off the Ooh. roof, fucking ten. Yeah. Right. Damn. So yeah, you can definitely adjust your VPD with your exhaust fan. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. But remember, it's only going to be as good as whatever you're sucking in. So if you're outside environment, like you know, GB always complain about ninety percent humidity in Ireland. He can suck as much of that shit in as he wants, and it's not going to help. So, you know, you got to deal with that too. Maybe dehumidifier or something, depending on what your situation is. But, yeah, yeah, man, that was a good question. Yeah, it was a good question. And uh, that's all the questions we have. We did have one in the chat pop up earlier. Let's see if I can quickly find that. Um, it had a queue at the start, but it's been a lot. Ah, there, there. Uh, does anyone? Oh, it's from Improper Weed Viking, and we kind of answered it already. Does anyone growing in DWC use molasses in the final weeks as a bud booster? Uh, yeah, when you're growing in, um, when you're growing in hydroponics like that, water-based hydroponics, like we said, you don't really want to use molasses because it will get frothy, and it's more there to feed the bacteria. And in the hydroponic systems. You don't necessarily have a lot of bacteria. So it's yeah. a waste of time using shit like that. It's going to cause more problems than it's worth, really. Sorry, monkey. Yeah. So you either want the only special, the good bacteria or no bacteria in a DWC system. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I would say adding that that's just you're just going to go ahead and, and that's a recipe for disaster, in my opinion. 
Keep it simple. Scenario. You have to clean it up and shit too, probably. Yeah, that's what oh, yeah, doing. man. Oh, sorry. Be- best case scenario, it gets a little bit stinky. Worst case scenario, everything gets clogged. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you've got a whole you nightmare to deal with. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Don't do it, son. Good times. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> man, it's DWC a is a great way to grow. I really did enjoy growing in DWC. It's all sciencey, and you know, you, you just feel like you should be wearing a white lab coat when you're growing in DWC. It's very fun. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. That is all the questions we have for today's show. And I think that's everything we need to cover about PK as well. So, uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah, Woody, Woody, he knows his shit about it. He's just dropped in the chat here. He says, no way in hell, don't do it. Sounds like a man who's experienced this firsthand. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't going to say it that way, but it's exactly where I was getting my information from. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. nope, nope. You don't want to put anything in there that bad microbes can eat. You don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, Improper Weed Viking said, uh, I'm really digging in the re- really digging the science of DWC. It's fun for sure, man. It's a great way to grow. Give it a shot. But if you have questions about it, mate, Woody's your guy. Woody knows his shit when it comes to DWC. So ha- ask him and he'll have all the correct answers for you. Uh, if you have mushrooms growing in your weed, then check the VPD. Uh but that's more in the soil, though. All right. You, 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 you got mushrooms growing out of your cocoa. Yeah, yeah. You got more issues. You know, if you got <laughs> mushrooms growing out of your colas, you're like, what the fuck is happening here? That mushrooms <laughs> up in my jaws. You know what I mean? I, I've heard there? of a hybrid strain, but what the fuck is this? Hybrid Theoretically, species, or technically bud rot. They have mycelium, and that's kind of, it doesn't have mushrooms per se, but it's it's mm. a fungus too. So It's bud rot <laughs> and fungus, is it? Fuck yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mingan. Great scenario. It's a motherfucker. Great mold. It's, it's not. Uh, I thought you said great mold, and it's definitely not a great mold. Oh, fucking no, it's hate terrible mold. But yeah, man. Good shit. Yeah, I hope we answered all of your questions. I hope you've learned some things about PK. In next week's Grow Guides, we're going to be talking about parenting whilst growing cannabis. And, you know, just general advice oh. for parents and what to do if their kids start smoking or discover the grow or general things like that so we'll catch you on them for the grow guys but let's go for that outro for now let's do the outro And there we go, everybody. That was all about PK. Again, if you have any questions at all, you know you can find us at percysgrowroom.com. It's a cannabis growers forum for anybody who grows cannabis for personal use. So if you're not a member already, then get over there and sign up because we have some super cool competitions over there where you can win lights from HLG. We have competitions where you can win seeds for your grow. And there's loads of real cool growers out there who have got loads of information to help you with your grow. Or if you're an experienced grower, you can share your information with new growers as well to help them along. And that would be very cool. But of course, no pressure. Just thank you for being here to download and listen to this show. We appreciate every single one of you guys. I hope you enjoyed the Grow Guide series so far. Uh, Next week, we're going to be talking about parenting whilst growing cannabis, which is going to be an interesting topic for sure. So make sure you stay tuned for that. I hope we can see you on Sunday for the live show over on YouTube at youtube.com slash high on homegrown. We start at the usual time. It's already scheduled. So if you just pop there, you'll be able to see how long it is until the show starts where you are. So anyway, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Stay high, stay safe, and we'll see you on the next one. Goodbye. Goodbye.